listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast, presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston hoops. I'm your moderator for today's roundtable, Britt, contributor at Clutch City Control Room, as well as co-host of Step Back Sisterhood. And you can find me on Twitter at Britt Robotista. Please make sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Today, we will be having our first podcast version of the Rockets Roundtable to discuss the news of Russell Westbrook being traded to the Washington Wizards for Wizards guard John Wall. Joining me on the panel today are Hayden Gray, Lashard Brinkley, and Zach Sola. Let's go ahead and get started with the first question. Real quick, how are all you guys doing today with um I, I guess just over 24 hours since we heard the announcement that John Wall ha- is coming to Houston and Russell Westbrook is leaving. Hayden, go first. Yeah, listen, I, I think, you know, it's kind of been a whirlwind today. Um, it hasn't really set in for me truly. It's kind of hard to picture John Wall as a rocket. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, this is at the very least a one for one trade. And I don't think at the end of the day, this is going to be as bad of a trade as the Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul trade was. So, you know, I, I'm not as doom and gloom as I have been at some points during the Rockets offseason. So I guess it's overall all right. Cool. Lashard, what are your thoughts? Uh, so it's kind of the same. It's just been a crazy offseason. Honestly, it's been draining as a Rockets fan. It's been a lot of ups and downs. But um, I mean, initially I was against the trade just because John Wall, it, it really wasn't Wall's ability. It's just the fact that he hasn't played in two years. So no one really has any idea how he's going to look on the court. Um, but the more I think about it, uh, especially hearing that Westbrook, you know, really wanted to move on to, I just think it's just the, the best time just to go ahead and do it. So, you know, at this point, it's kind of a wait and see. And that's kind of how majority of the Rockets roster is right now. It's just wait and see what they're going to do when they get on the court. Yeah, for sure. And Zach, uh, being a Rockets fan is probably one of the more stressful experiences that one could have in life. But after such a crazy offseason and, and some, I'd say, good press conference appearances today from DeMarcus Cousins and Steven Silas, I am, I'm just excited for Rockets basketball to be back. I'm ready to, to get back into it, and hopefully this trade works out. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And I guess, fortunately, we were able to get a lot of great questions. Um, But before we get to those questions from folks on Twitter, I want to ask a few, hopefully, relatively gimme questions. So the first one that I have is, was it too early to trade Westbrook after just one season? Lashard, go ahead and go first. So it kind of ties into what I was just talking about. I don't think it was too early just because, you know, you're at the point where you still don't know if Harden's going to stay or, or, you know, if he's leaving this year or next year. And more of the reports come out. It's just it was obvious that Harden and Westbrook, not necessarily. Of course, they still are best friends off the court, but they just didn't want to play together anymore on the court. So you definitely have to make that move now. 
Um, would I have liked them to make a, a better trade? Yes, but the problem was you were dealing with Westbrook's uh, contract, and he's also at the end of his prime. So not a lot of teams were going to really want to take on Westbrook's contract. So I think that, honestly, it was a perfect time. You roll the dice with Wall, you give it one more year, and hopefully you play well enough to where Harden, you know, wants to sign that extension and uh, you can kind of move on and start building around those two players. Zach, what are your thoughts? Let me put it this way. I when the when the Russell Westbrook trade rumors were originally kind of a thing, I guess I guess almost two months ago at this point, I actually I was totally against the Russell Westbrook trade. I even wrote an article explaining why I didn't think that the Rockets should ever consider trading Russell Westbrook. I thought that he had potential um, in the following season to continue what he had built on in February. And, you know, coming into the season, I was not a Westbrook fan, but over the season, he really grew on me yeah, as a person and as a basketball player. But, but when the more recent reports of his trade request came out, I was not, I was kind of disappointed in him. Um, I felt that it was kind of, uh, it's hard to defend a move, um, a trade request like that when, You've been on one team for for one season. The team built the roster to fix your the gaps in your game, and now you want out. And apparently, you wanted out so desperately that, according to Woj, your agent had to get involved with trade talks two weeks after they dissolved and force your way to Washington, the bottom of the Eastern Conference, so you can hypothetically have the ball more. I mean, we don't know all the details of why he wanted this trade, but I, I mean, I was disappointed to hear all, all this news and, and the fact that he wanted to leave so badly and, you know, I'm ready for him to go. And from everything that I've heard from, from Rockets camp, it sounds like they were also ready to, to let him go. Yeah. And Hayden. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Zach brings up an important point. We're kind of seeing some cookie crumbs that lead to kind of help us infer what this situation was looking like. We heard from Woj that he uh, wanted to be in Washington and that James Harden to an extent wanted John Wall to be in Houston. Um, And also we have this other piece of context where Zach Lowe from ESPN said that there was virtually no market for Russell Westbrook. So you're at a point if you're the Houston Rockets where, yeah, you've only had Russell Westbrook for a single year. And of course, for all the draft capital that you gave up for him, you would hope to get more than just one season out of him. But you're in a situation where you're trying to keep James Harden happy. You're trying to mend your situation with James Harden. And if uh, Russell Westbrook is unhappy and he's not wanting to report to camp, which seems like some of the indications where that was going to be the case, um, that is not a situation in which you can uh, kind of re- up Harden into feeling like he is at a place that he's going to win a championship. So they had to move on. They, they simply had to move on. Um, did they get a perfect asset? Bat? Absolutely not. I mean, John Wall hasn't played for two years, um, but at this point there was no market for Russell Westbrook and this was the move they had to make. Definitely agree with all three of you. Um, but I think we now need to sort of discuss the person that we were have been alluding to, which is James Harden. Um, there have been a lot of criticisms this week with James that he is driving off stars from the team. Um, do you think that criticism is valid or not? Okay, I, I might be coming off as a biased Harden fan, which frankly I am. I have a giant <laughs> poster of James Harden in my bedroom, which I'm staring at right now. But... Um, 
Hey, James Harden definitely deserves criticism for a lot of things, um, for, for sometimes lacking energy in the playoffs, um, not always being present, needing another teammate to kind of to bring him up a gear. But, but the narrative that he drives teammates away is something that needs to go away. Um, you know, he's, he took Dwight Howard, he kind of rejuvenated and took Dwight Howard's career out of irrelevancy. He brought Chris Paul further than he's ever been in the playoffs, and he took Russell Westbrook out of the first round, um, which is something that he hadn't done in four or five seasons at this point. So the reason that those players left and other players left didn't have anything to do with the success that they had in Houston. I mean, Chris Paul was injured and not playing well himself in 2019. Carmelo Anthony, for example, was just terrible. I mean, and Russell Westbrook, it sounds like he just wants the ball more. Um, So Harden has his faults as a player and and as a leader, but um, I think he's he's always been a good teammate, and um, I think he gets the best out of the people that that are around him. Hayden, yeah, well, and also I think this is just a symptom of the player empowerment era. There is more movement around the league in general, and when you have guys who are accustomed to having the ball in their hands, they're not going to be happy when they have to split that time, unless if they're a truly unselfish player like a Clay Thompson or something like that. I mean, we see with every superstar who has had enough clout within an organization to essentially be a secondary GM, whether it's LeBron or it's Harden, uh, they end up driving people away. Uh, you know, with LeBron, it wasn't quite as high-profile people. He drove away a lot of role players, but, um, you know, he drove people away too. So I think there can be certainly be some criticism for Harden being difficult to play with in certain situations and maybe not handling uh, having another star on the team as well as he could have. But, you know, this is simply a symptom of the player empowerment era, in my view. Lashard? So the way I look at it is it's not necessarily he's driving players away. It's just that you need a certain type of player playing next to Harden. Uh, I mean, if you go back to Chris Paul's first year, I mean, there wasn't really any problems until, uh, you know, until Chris Paul seemed like he wanted more control over the team and wanted more control over the offense. Uh, I mean, with Dwight Howard, it's just a case of, I think it was more on Dwight Howard than James Harden. It was just Dwight Howard at the time, you know, it was even reported he wasn't taking it seriously on the court, you know, off the court, and that just kind of rubbed Harden the wrong way. I just think you don't really need another, you know, top five, top ten player next to Harden. I think you need more of a complementary player. And I think with Wall coming back from the injury, I think that kind of fits um, what Harden needs next to him. And and just, you know, real quickly, I mean, even you go back to Michael Jordan, and if you look at it, Back then, players couldn't move around. You know, they were stuck on one team. So do we really think that if Jordan was playing in this era that certain superstars wouldn't want to play with Jordan? I think that definitely would be the case because, I mean, he's a strong personality. He's a strong presence on the court. So I don't think it's necessarily hard and it's driving him away. I just think that when it comes down to you just have to have the right fit next to Harden. Yeah, and so far it hasn't seemed like there's been a perfect fit outside of a person who was injured for a substantial amount of time. Um, but <laughs> I'll keep my comments to myself. Be well, and not to, mention, not to mention, if you have Anthony Davis on the team with Harden, I think we're having a completely different conversation. <laughs> you know, like th- there's going to be people who are better matches, but they're not necessarily attainable. So, you know, 
you can only do so much. Yeah. And real quick, I mean, if you if you win, none of this comes out. I mean, when the Rockets won that 65 games with Paul in his first year, did we hear anything about problems on the team or Harden and Chris Paul not getting along? It's only when you lose and you lose in, you know, horrible fashion. That's when all this stuff starts to come out. I mean, it's the same thing with the Clippers. If they would have won or at least gotten to the West Conference Finals and pushed the Lakers, like 90% of these stories wouldn't even came out. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, we're now in the Twitter questions. And the first one is from Andrew. He's at Suave Norte. And I apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly. Andrew's question is, what are the expectations for Wall after not seeing game action for as long as he has? Hayden, you're first. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I, I don't think he's going to go straight back to averaging 22 points a game and 10 assists. I don't think that's a fair expectation. Um, but honestly, I think that this team uh, Lashar kind of pointed to it is that you need complementary pieces. And if John Wall can be a 15 point per game score, give you eight assists and um, shoot, maybe, I don't know, you know, he's not a great three point shooter, but maybe he has had time to work on that in the two years he's been rehabbing. If he can shoot 35% from three on a decent amount of volume, um, he's going to be able to really contribute to this team. And maybe that's all they need. If Christian Wood becomes what we're hoping he can be. And if Daniel House kind of built on the things he had, before he got expelled from the bubble. Um, and if Eric Gordon has a resurgence, the pieces are here. Um, and I don't think John Wall really has the pressure of being the true number two guy. Um, so I would say if we get 15 and eight from him, I think that's a really good start to um, a really good kind of rotation in Houston. Lashard? I kind of see it the same way. Um, I mean, I actually just wrote an article. So I was doing a bunch of research on players coming back from the same type of injury. And from the 30 players that they, you know, took a look at, took a look at over like a 20 year period that had the exact same type of injury um, to get anywhere near their peak performance like they were before the injury. It was a average of two years, two playing years. So I don't think people should really expect him to come out and, you know, be all star John Wall. And I don't really think the, this I don't think this Rockets team necessarily needs that. I think with Silas having more ball movement. And just more overall player involvement on offense. I don't think they're going to really need John Wall to be all NBA John Wall. I mean, as long as he's, uh, you know, not a net negative, especially when Harden's off the court, I think that's a positive for the first year. And, you know, you kind of wait and see what you're getting from the rest of the players. But I, I just hope people kind of, you know, hold down the expectations of Wall the first year. And, and if he's not an all-star, don't necessarily say it's a uh, – down year for him it's just kind of he's coming back from a major injury and Zach uh, I'll be honest with you guys I my expectations are are actually kind of high uh, not in the sense that I think or expect him to be like an all-star or an all-nba guy but but in the sense that I think he can be a reliable contributor night in night out maybe push 20 points maybe push 20 assists per game I the reason I say this it might be a bit of um, naivete but I personally have to feel um, that James Harden was somehow involved in this trade, even though it hasn't come out yet. And even though there are obviously rumors of him wanting out, I have to feel that he was the, he was involved in the decision-making to okay this trade. And he's been the guy that's been been playing pickup games with John Wall all off season. Now I know pickup games are in no way an NBA game, but, but I, I have to, 
you know, I trust James Harden. I trust PJ Tucker, who's also been in those games and seeing John Wall. And I don't think that they would have made a trade like this if he wasn't anywhere close to where he was um, pre-injury. I, I just don't see that um, the Rockets taking, taking this big of a risk on a guy like that. Cause there, you know, I, I know that the trade market was thin, but you have to think that there's someone else that they could have gotten for Russell Westbrook, whether that be a Blake Griffin or Kevin Love or or into a team with cap space. But I, I just trust um, the fact that John Wall is healthy and has looked good in in the time that he spent with Harden. And um, I'm just I'm hoping that 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 comes to fruition this season. So I'm I'm expecting good things from him. Yeah, for sure. I think the main thing I have hope for is that at least Wall and, you know, the rest of the folks, because we have multiple folks who have had Achilles injuries, have had a substantial time off to rehab that, um, which typically doesn't happen with other players. But that's it for this first segment. When we return, we'll get to more of the Twitter questions. Stay tuned. And we're back here at the Launchpad, presented by Clutch City Control Room, where we're continuing our roundtable. So we have more Twitter questions. The next one I have is from Trenton Whiting, at Trenton Whiting on Twitter. Trenton's question is, Wall has had a better three-point career, or a career three-point percentage than Russell, but I definitely wouldn't say he is a knockdown shooter. Do you think the Rockets reuse the strategy that made Russell successful last season? on wall um and he indicated that it's driving the, the lane with low three-point attempts um Lashard, let's start with you so i mean i think they're going to incorporate some of that but you also have to remember it's a totally different coaching staff so you're not going to be i don't see the Rockets shooting 45 53 pointers again this year so uh i mean it, it will just kind of just blend in anyway because i think they're going to be more of a um ball movement, um, even, tr- you know, try to keep the same pace because the Rockets were, you know, one of the faster paced teams with Westbrook. But I think, yeah, I mean, I don't see Wall shooting eight or nine three-pointers a game. I think he's going to be more of a, you know, get to the lane, get out on the fast break. The, the funny thing is, though, the last year um, that he did play, he was actually a decent catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. So um, hopefully that kind of translates even more with the Rockets because, even though, you know, Wall is more of a, a more pure point guard than Westbrook was or is, I think that you still have to, you know, remember James Harden is probably still going to have the ball in his hand majority of the time. Yeah, like like Lashard said, um, we don't really know what to expect in the offense in general, and I'm excited to see what Steven Silas has in store for, for Harden and Christian Wood and, and now John Wall. But um, with that being said, I think a lot of this question depends on how the defense chooses to play James Harden. Um, if they continue to double team him, then yes, I see John Wall fitting into that Westbrook role in terms of James Harden coming up the court, being doubled at half court, and then having Wall open on top of the perimeter and then having space in, in a four on three to either shoot or then drive to the rim. And we saw Westbrook struggle in that role in the bubble, but I'm excited to see what John what John Wall can do off the dribble because I know he's he's a really good passer, and at least he was a really good slasher and finisher. Hopefully, he's he keeps some of that um, athleticism coming off the injury. But yeah, if if teams are doubling hard in every possession, Wall is going to have um, a lot of space, a lot of space on the court to operate. Hayden, 
Yeah, I think inevitably he's going to end up being a little bit of a better three-point shooter than Russ. Um, he tends to average about point. 02 percentage points better like so you know tends to be a 32 percent shooter versus russ who's like at best a 30 percent three-point shooter um and as long as he goes in with the motto of always taking the right shot because if if you're john wall you're not going to want to take a three-point shot off the dribble that's just not going to be the best shot you want to use um but if he's driving to the lane and he's either uh taking his own shot or dumping it off to christian wood that's the best shot in that scenario so if we can get him in those situations where he's just spot up shooting threes um he might be perfectly serviceable um i believe he thought shot 38 percent the last time he played a full season um so if he can shoot 35 percent then maybe he can actually add a little bit more versatility to the offense i definitely agree I mean, I don't think any of us know exactly how Silas is going to run his offense, so we can't take anything that happened in the last year to indicate whether or not he was going to do exactly, or Silas is going to do exactly what D'Antoni did, which I doubt, but at the same time, you know, it could be really anything at this point. The next question that we have is from Twitter user DB at Finding Nima 23. DB asks, is Christian Wood the biggest winner of this trade? I would say no. Um, I don't think you can say that. I think Christian Wood, I'm excited about the arrival of Christian Wood. I think he's, I think he is, is going to be a future all-star, maybe not this year, but at some point in his career as a rocket. Um, but I think he would have gotten his with Westbrook or with, with wall now. Um, so I don't think he's, he necessarily comes out any better. I would say that the biggest winner is, is John wall in a trade where it was kind of a swap and you can't really declare a winner for a specific team, either the Rockets or wizards. I think that John Wall is is entering one of the best situations of his career because the last time he played, he was he was the best player on the Wizards. Um, Bradley Beal hadn't come into his into the star that we know he is now, um, and John Wall was was that guy in Washington. And now he gets an opportunity to come into Houston where he doesn't have to worry about all the defensive attention and the defensive game plan being on him. He's going to have a ton of space in the offense if, of course, um, he gets the same type of room that Russell Westbrook had. He's he's gonna um, he's gonna have a lot more opportunities to score, and he's gonna have opportunities to win games alongside James Harden. Which I know he's had some playoff success in Washington, but this is going to be the first time he's he's going to be really able to to compete. So I think he comes out as the big winner of this trade. Aiden. Yeah, I actually have to disagree here. I think that Christian Wood could potentially be the biggest winner here. Um, and that's just purely based on the usage rate that John Wall and Russell Westbrook have had throughout their uh, career. Um, the last season that John Wall played, he uh, averaged about 17 field goal attempts per game. And last year, um, Russell Westbrook averaged 22 per game. Um, John Wall's highest usage rate was 30.6. And Westbrook, um, his lowest usage rate since he uh, really became an all-star was 30.9. <laughs> so um, John Wall is quite a bit lower of a usage rate player. Um, and so I think that just kind of means that you know, Christian Wood is going to have the opportunity to get more looks than he would if he was playing with Russell Westbrook. And he mentioned in his uh, media availability that he thinks he's a viable number two to James Harden. And in the situation where Russell Westbrook was in the equation, that was never going to happen. But now that Russell Westbrook is gone, you have a John Wall who's a little bit older, who probably has lost some of his explosiveness, is going to have to rely on his basketball IQ a little bit more. Um, Christian Wood certainly could see more touches and more opportunities to be that number two. Lashard? 
And um, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Hayden just said. I mean, I do think that Christian Wood gets more touches now that Westbrook is gone. But actually, I think a player that's kind of one of our favorite talking points in the Clutch City Control Room chat, uh, Eric Gordon, is actually one of the mm. biggest winners from this. But just because I don't think Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook ever really fit together. Um, I think Eric Gordon, you saw his best season was when he was playing with Chris Paul especially in the second unit. I just think that Eric Gordon is more of a player that needs the ball in a particular spot, um, especially when he's doing, you know, the catch and shoot. And I just, I, even though Westbrook gets, you know, he gets plenty of assists. Don't get me wrong. He's just, he's not the same type of point guard like a John Wall or like a Chris Paul. And I just think that playing, you know, especially when they're staggering the wall and Harden's minutes, I think having wall with Eric Gordon, I think Eric Gordon's actually going to have a bounce back year, you know, if he doesn't get traded, of course, but I think he's going to have a bounce back year. And I think he definitely benefits a lot from having wall instead of uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, running in that second unit. Yeah. And uh, apparently um, according to the press conference today, Steven Silas said that he and Eric Gordon have spoken every single day since he was hired. So it's exciting. If Eric Gordon is back to where he was in say 2018 levels, the Rockets have, have a really good chance to, to be better than they were last season because he's such a big part of that offense. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely the, he's the one player that's kind of, you know, multidimensional. He's a really underrated defender. Um, he's, of course, when he's his shot is on, he's, you know, one of the best deep three point shooters in the league when it's, at, you know, when he's actually making a decent amount of his shots. But I just think that with Eric Gordon and now with John Wall there, I think, you know, Eric Gordon can definitely have a bounce back year. And he's just the biggest winner with having Westbrook in Washington now. And I guess it sort of goes back to injuries. If Eric Gordon is healthy, then he can be, you know, the third person or even the second person for our needs. But if he's not, then, you know, he's probably as unreliable as ever. But yes. we'll definitely see. <laughs> well, unfortunately. Right. Well, you could say our, our we could craft uh, almost an entire starting lineup of guys who are coming back from a season ending injury. Yes. We could probably compete for a playoff spot with John Wall. DeMarcus Cousins, David Nwaba, and Gerald Green. So we're racking it up on the the season-ending injury list. (laughs) Yeah, um, I actually have a related question a little bit later on in regards to that, but we'll get to that (laughs) a little bit later. (laughs) But I wanted to wrap back to another Christian Wood question before we end this segment. Uh, Sammy G at Sammy the Unk, I'm assuming. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Sammy. Sammy asks... Does a John Wall Christian Wood pick and roll sound better than the Russ Christian Wood pick and roll? I guess on paper, a Russ Christian Wood pick and roll sounds a little bit better. And and that's just the nature of this trade, right? John Wall hasn't played in two years, so we don't really know. And and we're when you're working with trade, you try to kind of think in the concrete details. But um, I think that John Wall is just a better uh, fit with Christian Wood because he's going to look to pass a little bit more. I think that sometimes when Russ has the ball, he's he's just wired to score a little bit more. He's always gotten high volumes of assists, but I think that's when he's decided to pass. Whereas I think John Wall can be a little bit more pass first. The other variable here is what kind of improvement does John Wall show on his shooting? Because 
his previous stats are not any great indication of solid shooting, but you know, if he's been recovering for two years and he knows that he's going to lose some of his explosiveness, he's going to have to rely on different parts of his game. So maybe he has really focused on his three point shot to try and diversify his skill set. And if that's the case, um, then Christian Wood is going to be all the more better for it because he's also a versatile player. So then it just makes the pick and roll a little bit more unpredictable. Whereas, you know, uh, last year was basically, okay, uh, Russ, you're going to get to the rim, and and that's it. Then people could game plan around it. Um, if John Wall improves his shooting, uh, then that's a really versatile one-two for your pick and roll. Lashard? Yeah, so I will say one thing about Westbrook. Um, he's always been pretty good in the pick and roll. I mean, you go back to the days of uh, Stephen Adams, you know, how good he made Adams look on a lot of those uh, same pick and rolls. But, I mean, it definitely is, is true as far as Wall is more of a – He's going to look for Christian Woods more than Westbrook probably would have because uh, Westbrook is more, you know, not completely out of control, but Wall is more, you know, in control. He knows exactly where he's going, exactly who he's going to. So, yeah, I think just overall, you know, Wall's Wood, you know, pick and roll is going to be a lot better. And, you know, also you just you just have to also factor in that um, hopefully – you know, Wall's mid-range game is better than Westbrook was last year. And, you know, that just adds a whole different element to that, you know, pick and roll combination. Zach? Uh, yeah, a, a Westbrook-Christian Wood pick and roll sounds nice, but kind of like what Hayden was was talking about earlier, like how many times per game is is that play going to happen? You know, I, I mean, that's not really a play that, that I would expect Westbrook to run that often over the course of a game. With Wall, I think he's a more willing passer, so... I like I like that pairing a lot in the pick and roll set, but but I mean what we should really be talking about is James Harden and Christian Woods pick and roll, which is going to be I'm I'm assuming the Rockets' bread and butter all season. We saw how dominant that play was with Clint Capella, and Christian Wood is light years ahead of where Clint Capella was skill wise. So that's what I'm excited about. But but yes, John Wall and Christian Wood will also will also be a good pair in the pick and roll. Yeah, I, I think that's what I am. Very excited to see. Um, uh, we can't trade John Wall, so he's going to at least be here for you know the majority of the season, unless something bad happens. Maybe. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be optimistic, um, but hopefully, we'll be able to see John Wall and Christian Wood develop a great chemistry together. But with that, that's the end of the second segment. In our final segment, we're going to talk more about your questions as we wrap up this round table. And we're back here at the Launchpad presented by Clutch City Control Room, where we're talking, taking more of your questions as part of today's roundtable. This segment, I wanted to do some silly questions or maybe not so silly. Maybe they, you know, if these are more ser- serious or not, but uh, we can see. Uh, I didn't want to have all this just us being analytical, I suppose. So the first question is from Swag Family at swag 13 i'm assuming that's a james harden reference um (laughs) the reason why i also assume that is the questions that he had which is actually two um and they're not quite (laughs) uh, i'll read them harden or the first question is harden wall boogie in 2017 would win an all with 16 and 0 or 16 and (laughs) 1 the second question is are we coming from the ashes hashtag Phoenix with F E N I X season is a good pushing line or is um, so I read that wrong. Our uh, the, he wants to know our swag family wants to know if 
quote, we are coming from the ashes, Phoenix season, a good pushing line for this season. So I'm going to make a question out of this. And I think the question is, how optimistic should Rockets fans actually be about this season? So, Lashard, um, you can go oh, first. Wow, that was a lot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I will say, once you get past all of the drama and everything that's happened, I, funny thing is, they're actually, on paper, a better team than they were last year. I mean, if you go spot by spot, again, it's the big what if for like half the roster. So, that's why it's always kind of hard, or especially hard now to judge how well they're going to play this year. But, I mean, if you just look at it purely from um, on paper um, uh, point of view, they actually have a better roster overall. They're they're more able to switch, just like the Lakers did against them in the playoffs. They're able to switch between going big and going small, and not actually, you know, playing one way the entire year. So, um, it's a shorter season. Um, you know, you are factoring a lot of other things, but I, I think they should, you know be realistic enough to know that the Rockets are still going to make the playoffs. I've heard some people, you know, around Twitter saying that the Rockets won't even make the playoffs, but I mean, that's, I think that's just crazy. As long as you have Harden on your team, you're going to make the playoffs. Whether they are a three seed or an eight seed, honestly, nobody really knows that until we see players like Wall and Cousin on the court with the rest of the players. Zach? Uh, well, first off, in regards to that that first question, I, I if if you could take every player that James Harden, every star player that James Harden has played with over the last eight years, and move them like two or three years earlier in their career to that level, then James Harden would have multiple championships by now. I mean, he's always getting these guys so late. I mean, ugh, now Demarcus Cousins and John Wall coming off uh, Achilles injuries, or why can't like why couldn't we have had these guys in 2017? But no, um, this season, the expectations are um, to make the playoffs and to compete uh, and go deep in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, like Lashar was saying, people are writing the Rockets off completely. But obviously, a team with James Harden, as long as they don't trade him, is going to make the playoffs. James Harden could take four local YMCA dudes and bring them to the playoffs. And now he has Christian Wood, who is going to be really good this season. Um and you have Daniel House, who I think is going to take a big step forward uh, this season as well. And then Eric Gordon, like we talked about, is getting better. And then uh, John Wall and Cousins, who who hopefully come back well. So I'm expecting this team to do well. But but again, I really, I just don't know how they're going to mesh fully. But I'm definitely expecting them to to make the playoffs and and compete. So when I was in high school, one of my teachers had this saying that he would tell us um go into everything with as low expectations as possible so if anything good happens it makes you really happy and uh that's kind of how i'm approaching this season i know there's a million things that could go wrong wall cousins nawaba any of those players could get injured and we're really going to be suffering from that um or you know at the end of the day uh James Harden has taken much worse teams to the Western Conference Finals. Um, so there's a lot of talent on this team. So if they're able to put it together. Um, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. This could, I was talking in our group chat today about how, you know, 
this is the first time in a long time as a Rockets fan where I'm excited for the season because we don't have any expectations from the national media. Um, if we end up being a low seed in the playoffs, that's kind of the expectation. So Rockets fans just go into this year recognizing that it may be James Harden's last year and just enjoy it. Have a good time. Remember what it's like to actually enjoy watching basketball. And I have to agree with you. I also said in chat that I'm treating this season as Harden's Houston farewell tour. And, you know, if it's just a preseason game or hopefully we'll get, you know, 72 plus games with Harden, all I want to do is just enjoy that he is around. And I feel as though he's going to be, you know, he's going to be competitive regardless of what, you know, folks in the media have to say about him wanting to, you know, force himself out or not. I I, I don't see that in his DNA. Um, I mean, he's, definitely had cause to do that before that's for sure so the next question is from friend of the show and internal optimist Forrest Walker at do not his question is please give me y'all's wild takes on what this restaurant means for the team and if you attend on eating there um, he's referencing James Harden's new restaurant that he is currently hiring for which could potentially be a competitor for Tillman Fertitta's restaurant empire so <laughs> who wants to take it first I'll I mean, that doesn't seem like a guy that's gonna leave so I mean I'm excited about it I guess I will not be eating there because I don't live in Houston but I wish all the best to Hardin's uh, restaurant endeavors uh so I, <laughs> I'm gonna assume first off that's a regular restaurant there's nothing extra going on here we, we can confirm that so um, I'm going to assume it's just a regular restaurant. Um, and if it's taking money from Fertitta, I'm all for that. So that's that's definitely a good thing. And um, as far as eating there, I don't know. Every athlete restaurant that I've ever heard of ate at, they've never really been that good going all the way back to Yao Ming's restaurant. So I probably won't be eating there. <laughs> Hayden, do you have any thoughts about this? Um yeah. So first of all, when you say a normal restaurant, are we talking about like money laundering or <laughs> like maybe more like, you know, James Harden's known for his yeah. uh, oh, appearances oh, at certain oh, okay. establishments? Exactly. exactly oh, okay, yeah. great. Well, <laughs> anyways, I do actually have a wild take here. I, I think that this is all planned to make Tillman Fertitta hurt in the restaurant business, funnel money away from him so that he has to sell the team. And uh, I've said this on many times on Twitter that uh, Beyonce should come in and buy the team. So I think this is a long game to try to get Beyonce to go ahead and buy the team. Or Travis Scott, they can combine their money. Yeah, they could go together. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the one thing is that Harden has ownership stakes in so many parts of the um, city at this point. I mean, even if he leaves, he's going to be around the Houston area for a foreseeable future, at least every once in a while. Um, I don't know if that indicates whether or not he's going to stay for the long run. Um, but I, I think we can at least say that Harden has put it roots in Houston and it, it will remain. So even after, you know, this extended period of grieving if he decides to leave. So in the last couple of minutes, what I want to do is ask some rapid fire questions, mostly because these are things we haven't touched on. And I think folks probably want to have, you know, some sort of response or about your hot, hot takes. So the first question is, of course, a predictions question. 
what is the rocket ceiling and floor for this upcoming season? Um, and let's assume for all um, intents and purposes that Harden's remaining on the team and wants to compete. Hayden, you can go first. Yeah, uh, I think the ceiling is a third seed entrance into the playoffs and making it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, for the floor, I'm going to go ahead with, um, if Harden is on the team, I'll say eighth seed in a first round exit. Zach, actually, you go next. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, ceiling. I'll be more of an optimist. I'll say ceiling, championship, whatever. <laughs> One of us has to say it. Um, hopefully that happens. Um, I think, you know, if everyone's healthy and everyone is up to where they were before injuries, it could happen. Floor is a nine seed into the play on into the play in game and yeah, getting bounced in the first round. Lashard. Uh so yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I would say ceiling is NBA finals. I'm just gonna assume everybody's healthy because that's just more fun. Um and I would say floor is, you know, a five hundred record and fighting to get into the playoffs just because you know, this year it's going to be a shortened season and you're still going to have the playing game. So, yeah, I would say Flora is you know, fighting to get in the playoffs and, you know, edging in at the, you know, last couple of games. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to leave this be because every time I say something, they do the exact opposite. So I don't want to <laughs> jinx anything. So the next question is um, earlier in the first segment, we talked about John Wall's health, but I want to talk about the three, you know, three of the additions to the team and their health as well. So how concerned are you about the health of Nawaba, Cousins, and Wall, especially with all three of them having previous Achilles concerns from one to 10? One being we'll win a championship to 10 being blow up the team now. Um, and then give a quick response as to why, if you want to describe it. Uh, Lashard, go first. Uh, so I would say, I mean, I'm not as concerned about Nawaba just because I don't think he's going to be playing major minutes. And, and sort of the same thing with Cousins. Um, I know a lot of people are saying they want him to start, but I still see him as coming off the bench and, you know, starting off only getting like 10 or 15 minutes a game. So I don't think it's going to be as much pressure on his you know body as it, you know, as it would be if he was in the starting line and playing 30 minutes a game. I mean, of course, Wall is the biggest question mark just because, I mean, he's coming off. He hasn't played in two years. He's going to still be playing 30, low 30s uh, a game. And he's still going to be dependent on a lot more than Cousins and Nawawa. So um, I, I would say right now, as far as if you put all three of them together, I'm at a five just because nobody knows anything about what's going to happen with any of these players. So I'm just kind of in a wait and see mode right now with uh, with pretty much all three of them. I'm going to cut you slack and say that you had an extremely long one sentence. Yeah, but- <laughs> I just read that. Comma, 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 comma. Yeah, I just threw some commas in there. And okay. Well, that's why I said I'll cut you some slack. Um, Zach, go next. Okay. <laughs> um, I am, I'm optimistic that we won't have to deal with any season-ending injuries, but what I am concerned about is dealing with lingering injuries, missing a game here and there, missing maybe a week, because we don't have enough depth to to maybe fill those holes and in a shortened season i don't know how big of a an impact that will be because uh we only have like james harden and john wall as our ball handling guards so i don't know how that's going to go if john wall has to miss any games so short answer is i'm definitely concerned i'll put it at what uh three is that what (laughs) i think the opposite way so okay seven. seven yes Yes. And I'll say comma, 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 Hayden, you next. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a zero here, not because I think we'll win the championship, but because I'm so used to chaos as a Rockets fan that all three of them could break every bone in their body and I, I wouldn't be stressed about it. So uh, I'm, I'm at a zero. <laughs> Very interesting. I, I guess that could be infinity. We have, um, if anyone knows like algebra things, um, I guess that's technically calculus. But moving on, the last question that I have for y'all is, does Harden get traded before the trade deadline? Yes or no answers only. Hayden? Um, perhaps. Lashard? No. Zach? 100% no. Book it. <laughs> Sounds no good. chance no chance <laughs> well thank you thank you gentlemen so much for joining me today to talk about the rockets and the john wall and russell rest or i can't even say his name anymore russell Westbrook. you don't have to i know that's the last time what uh, well i'm not even gonna say it anymore because he's not relevant to the team but before we end let's go ahead and have y'all plug whatever you want to plug so zach go ahead and go first yeah uh you can follow me on uh at zachzola one and be sure to follow clutch city controller at clutch city cr um we're excited to to be with you for our first full season over there and uh, i just wanted to say like let's get excited for new season we finally have some young players on the roster we have a coach that's going to play them I'm way more excited for this season than I was coming into last season where I had to talk myself into rooting for Russell Westbrook. Now I've got a whole fresh group of players. We've got some hope, some momentum. So let's do it. Lashard? Uh, yes, you can follow me, H-Town for like 40, all caps. Um, you can also follow me. I'm director of basketball operation overtime heroics and I also write for Space City Scoop uh, as a contributor. And definitely looking forward to the season and definitely looking forward to not having to argue with Russ. Russell Westbrook stands. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. So uh, <laughs> ready for uh, later this month. And Hayden. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Hayden M. Gray. You can also hear me on my weekly NBA podcast called Drop and Dimes, a basketball podcast. Um, we just interviewed Roosh Williams, another Rockets Twitter person last week. And we actually very well could be having our first NBA player interview coming anytime now. And I'm at Britt Robotista. Um, you can search me on the web. I'm also at Step Back Sisterhood and a contributor at the site, Clutch City Control Room. Thank you all so much for tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, guest voices, and camaraderie of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back on our next episode of the Launchpad podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.